guys, it's Melissa. Since we're an independent podcast, your support means the absolute world, whether that's on social media, in a podcast review, or a word of mouth recommendation. If you've been enjoying this podcast and would like to take it a step further, I now have a support feature where you can contribute a one-time donation at whichever price you'd like. Click the link in the episode description to learn more. Thanks guys, now enjoy the show. Welcome to Mimosa Sisterhood, a podcast that celebrates women. Hello, friends. Welcome back to the show. This is Melissa, and you are listening to Mimosa Sisterhood Podcast, where we pop bottles and celebrate women's stories, past and present. We got to kick off the show with a bunch of shit to celebrate, and we're not wasting any time to get into it. First up, happy Women's History Month. It is a beautiful month where we get to celebrate all of the women in the world, as if we don't already do it 365 days a year. But that's all right. We've got March. It's our month. And we are going to be loud and proud about how much we love all of the women in our lives and all of the women who've come before us. Second, happy belated International Women's Day, where we also celebrate all of the women in the world that we love just internationally. We love it. We love all the celebrations, but there's one left. And to be honest, I am the most excited about it because I get to celebrate for the very first time in my three-year podcast career. Can I call it a career? I don't know. I achieved a massive milestone and I have been suffocating every day since. And if you follow me on social media or if you're subscribed to my newsletter and actually read it, you'll know what I'm talking about. If you are somebody out there in the world listening and you don't know what the fuck's going on, well, guess what? Mimosa Sisterhood podcast finally got featured on Apple Podcasts. That is right, my friends. We are officially on display in the browse section of the Apple Podcast player. And I am losing my mind because we are being included in the Women's History Month collection under a specific category titled By Women for Everybody. And you will not believe the lineup of podcasts that we have been grouped in with. Like, that is why I have been suffocating for the past week. I can't even believe this happened. The fact that I have not dropped dead of a heart attack is shocking. Like, how in the world did this happen? Well, I actually know how it happened. I applied to be featured for Women's History Month. <laughs> but they picked me. They picked me. They picked the show, which is like completely unbelievable because... Out of all of the podcasts that are featured in that page, mine has the least amount of ratings and reviews. It has no network that's backing it up. We don't even have a sponsor, for God's sake. But we're there. And I have to tell you, it is the most exciting thing I might have ever experienced in my life. I am so grateful and I am so thankful. And I have to say, you guys have played such a huge role in helping me be seen. All of your ratings, all of your reviews have no doubt stood out to the Apple Podcast employees. And I think it really, really helped me land that feature spot in their collection page. So if you're somebody that has shown us some love on the Apple Podcast, 
thank you so much. You are such gems. I love you. I appreciate you. Oh my God. So I am celebrating every single day until they drop me off that list. (laughs) And I hope you guys do too. All right. Well, enough about me. Let's get into the show. I have such a cool episode to share with you guys today featuring the coolest chick that I just met, love her to death, obsessed with what she's created, so excited to share her story with you guys and for all of us to support her while she's on her entrepreneur journey. Today, we have an Everyday Woman episode and we are talking to Rachel McKee. She is a Colorado-based writer, designer, and entrepreneur who is the creator of a absolutely drop-dead gorgeous oracle deck called Messages from Her. If you are a witchy bitch like me and you love women's history, this is your shit. Rachel and I talk all about the inspiration behind the deck, the entire experience from idea to design to creation to sourcing materials and factories to crowdfunding, as well as all of the tips and tricks and do's and don'ts of starting a business because we all know this shit is not easy. (laughs) And Rachel has been working on this for so many years and the day has finally come. Her Kickstarter launched on International Women's Day a couple of days ago and you are now able to head over there and help support her passion, her project, and also get yourself this absolutely drop-dead gorgeous oracle deck with women's history book included. I mean, what more do we want in life, people? This is it. So grab that glass of bubbly, babe, and let's get ready to party because I wasn't lying. We are motherfucking celebrating this week. Woo! We are back on the mic. Rachel, hello. Welcome to Mimosa Sisterhood Podcast. Hi. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. I'm excited. (laughs) I am very excited because it's not very often that somebody reaches out to me about the podcast and the minute that I see what they're doing, I'm like, oh my God, yes, 100% I'm in. (laughs) (laughs) So it only took like three seconds for me to be like, this is so cool. We're doing it. How quickly can we get you booked? So I'm so happy you reached out. I don't know how you found me or the podcast, but I'm so happy the internet connected the two of us. And thank you so much for reaching out and coming on the show. And I have no doubt the whole audience is going to be very excited to meet you, learn about you, and know what you have going on, especially during this amazing Women's History Month. It is that time. Okay. So I am... A witchy woman, for starters. (laughs) And you have an incredible oracle deck all about women. So we're going to get into that in a minute. But let's just start off by uh, having you introduce yourself, tell everybody who you are, where you live, what you got going on, and then just kind of like a brief overview on your really cool product that you're about to be launching. Great. Thank you. Um, so I live in Denver and, um, I, 
I'm, I mean, I guess I can call myself a writer, right? I wrote this book and I made this project, so official, it's official now. And I've always written just more for myself. In my day job, I work with um, ethically made clothing companies, so kind of a different realm entirely, but I'm always kind of trying to work on something that I feel like is going to be beneficial for someone. So maybe three years ago, I had someone ask me one time like what I, how I felt about being a woman, and I realized I hadn't ever really thought about it. Um, and I didn't have any like negative perceptions of being a woman, but I just hadn't been that thoughtful and introspective about what being a woman meant to me. And at the same time, I started seeing Oracle decks and tarot decks everywhere. Like they were at friends' houses and at bookstores and at yoga classes and kind of everywhere I went. And I had this moment where, um, I just had us like a very spontaneous thought when I was like handling an Oracle deck one day and I was like, Oh, well, this would be so interesting if these were real like real life women that I could relate to from like kind of a more modern time. And I looked around and I didn't find anything like that. And so I was like, all right, it's just, it's a thing for me to make. So it took a while to bring that to fruition. Obviously, like I said, that was a few years ago and it, um, it's been a process. It's been a really fun process. So I'm glad I decided to move forward with it instead of just kind of letting the idea pass through my head and move on. So, when you originally had this idea and you went into like planning mode of making your deck, did you know at that point exactly which women you wanted to include or did that kind of evolve and change and fluctuate over time? Yeah, that second for sure. I, <laughs> I did not know. So how it started is like there were literally moments that I would have where I was being exposed to a woman. Like I remember I was on an exercise bike and um, uh, Beyonce's Coachella video was on and I was like, wow, I'm exercising harder than I've ever worked, like worked out in my life. This is amazing. And I was like, this is completely because of Beyonce. This isn't me today. And so I started noticing how I felt when I was reading about a woman, when I saw an article about a woman, when I was listening to a song from that woman. So I just started paying attention to what information and people were coming into my life. And I started this long list and a spreadsheet kind of, I had this giant spreadsheet actually that was like the name of the woman and like what quality do they represent to me and what are some of my favorite quotes by them so it was a process of just gathering a ton of information for a while and then I began distilling that information down to the women that I selected very cool I feel like we have similar processes because I have a big giant master file of all these women on my list and it's like I check them off as I go and then I add and I move and it's like it's a never-ending thing. It just keeps growing and I also always have inspiration out of nowhere. Like Mm -hmm. I could be in a restaurant and like be in the bathroom washing my hands and see a picture of a woman from like a celebrity or a pop star or a quote and I'm like Bing! There it is. They yeah. like come at all times. I feel like though these days I'm more hyper aware of it. Like, you know, because it's constantly in my mindset, the podcast, I think these things aren't like coming at me more often, but I'm more conscious of seeing them. Yeah. But it seems like it's constant. Like every week I have a new ding that hits me and they just appear and it's like on the list. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a super fun thing to do to make that list too. Cause then you can come back to it at different times. If you're feeling a little stuck, like, I mean, I totally agree. It's like all the conversations I'm having every time I open something, there's some other woman to add <laughs> to my list for ideally future volumes and women to research more. But every now and then if I'm feeling a little stuck, I can just go back to this giant list that I have. So I'm, I'm grateful for my kind of organized Excel business side that mm-hmm. functions in that way. 
Totally. So a couple more questions on like the Oracle design. I have like a couple of different tarot decks and I've had at a point in my life when I was younger, I think like goddess cards or something. So like your particular deck, there's women on them and then like a keyword or like a inspirational, I guess, like theme of what this person represents. Is it is like the idea that anybody who has your deck would then like every day pull a card and just like get a boost of inspiration by whoever they pulled? Yeah, totally. And it could be that you pull a card and that woman means something particularly specific to you. Or it could be that the, like I call it their quality is the word below their name. Or it could be that that's the quality that is the answer to your question or that you can reflect on or to guide you through the day. So, you know, the, the other idea of this is like, these are real women and they're amazing. And the qualities they represent, those are qualities inside of all of us, right? Mm -hmm. So it's celebrating these women, but it's realizing that we have that same power, that same knowledge and celebrating ourselves while we're celebrating them. Totally. So did you learn anything shocking, surprising, interesting, hilarious, like while you were doing research, like maybe, maybe you had one of those dings where you're like, Ooh, I need to look more into this woman. She could be great. And then as you were reading more about her, there was like anything that stood out that you had either never known or just found really surprising about anybody. I mean, I feel like there's a little bit of that in all of them really. Mm -hmm. And I, there are some women that I researched that sometimes had some like questionable aspects to their past. So then I would filter them out and some that I just had never really realized, like, I'm, I feel like I'm going to say the age wrong now, but I feel like, I think Aretha Franklin had her first child when she was 12. And I was like, oh my Whoa. God, like how, how did this woman have her, like, that's, it, it just, like some of these facts blow my mind. And, um, some of the women, the way they came into the world and they were like on the trail of the thing that they worked for their entire life from the moment they were born. And that always really impressed me. Just like, the focus and dedication to something through your entire life. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I saw in your deck, like on the opposite uh, end of that storyline, there are also women who didn't hit, you know, their passion until much later in life. And one of the women that I covered, like right off the bat when I launched the podcast, I think it was episode two, we're in the like 90s now, is Julia Child, who yes. you also have. And like her life story is so fascinating. Like the fact that at one point she was like working in like the military and like creating recipes to like, like, I don't know, scare off sharks in the yeah. ocean who are exploding like underwater submarines or missiles. Like I don't even know, remember, but. No, you what? got it. And it's so obscure. <laughs> like you would never guess that. And the, and she ended up there because she wanted to be a pilot, but she was too tall. So they wouldn't yeah. let her in. Right. And so like the meand, the, there's like that focus path. And then there's these meandering paths where you see people just being open to whatever life keeps bringing them and they find their next calling and their next passion and that the next way that they helped impact the world. So it's all so fascinating. It really is. Yeah. She's without a doubt, one of my favorite women ever. And I always keep her in my mind as, you know, I work my butt off day by day, like waiting for my big podcast break. And it's like, you know what, maybe I'll just end up like Julia Child and I'll hit it big in my 50s. Like, totally. that's also okay. <laughs> like, totally. I'm not upset if that happens. Yeah. Yeah, she's amazing. So do you have any like other women from your deck that are like your top five favorites? I mean, my favorites change all the time. You yeah. know, I think because they, to me, especially represent a different quality. If I'm feeling that quality, then that woman is going to be the one that I align with and is my favorite at the time. I 
probably the one that I've been feeling the most drawn to um, more consistently than others is often share. Like mm-hmm. share's quality is imagination and about really imagining your life into whatever you want it to be. But like, I love the story of Irina Sendler, who was a nurse and she saved thousands of children from the Warsaw ghetto in Poland during World War II. And the things that she did were just like phenomenal. She snuck, she would go in, like tell the Nazis that she had to go in and check people for health scares that they didn't want to go deal with because they didn't want to have the diseases spread to them. And then she would sneak children out. She would create this, like she created this entire code language to track the children's names. She hid them all over the country. She buried their names, like in code, all in all of these obscure places. She was captured by the Nazis and tortured and, and like, um, sent to be executed. And then someone got her out on the way to execution. And she like, after the war was over, went back and found all of these little jars that she had kept these records in, in this code that only she knew. Like, it's just, it's just unreal to me. And you don't hear that many stories of like people going to those lengths to help people. And so it's, you know, I get kind of goosebumpy when I think about that stuff. Well, yeah. And like, we're talking Naziville. Like, it's not just like somebody, good Samaritan on the side of the road, you know, in 2021 or whatever, like in the United States. (laughs) We're talking like in a war zone in the worst of times that have quite possibly ever existed. Like, and to be that, you know, strong and just determined and to take those kind of risks and just like not give a shit. Like, you're going to do what you're going to do. Yeah. And savvy. Like, that's that's real intelligence there. That's like, totally. that's like heart and intelligence and dedication and just so selfless. So I'm wondering the cards, like in addition to just all these amazing women and all of these words that just represent them and like fantastic feelings in general they're beautiful I mean the deck is so eye-catching and it's like it's just a gorgeous design and I love everything about it did you like did you work with uh, an artist to have these created or what is the story behind like the illustration port portion of the cards yeah I definitely worked with an artist (laughs) um I'm I can do some designing but I am not an illustrator Mm -hmm. so it took me probably a year to find her her name is Jazz you can look her up Harley and Jay is her Instagram um and I I think I started looking through Upwork and then I started looking on Instagram and I probably looked through 40 or 50 reached out to 40 or 50 different illustrators over maybe six to eight months and I tried out a couple and they just weren't quite nailing the test projects and when I Mm -hmm. saw a few of Jazz's illustrations I was like oh my gosh I've really hope this is my woman and she gets back to me. And so she did a test project and I was like, oh yeah, we're, we're in like, you're the one. Um, and that was a fun process. You know, I mean, she lives in Australia, so we probably spent eight months going back and forth, like sent, like I'd send her pictures, like maybe three pictures of a woman that I liked and she would pick one that was going to be the best for an illustration. And then we started out just doing like black and gold. And then we started layering colors in. And so it was really an interesting and fun process to just like keep refining and keep refining. And then I feel like there was this point where we nailed the color palette and then like everything went quicker from there. Like we kind of had to get to know each other and what Mm -hmm. we both liked. Um, But yeah, I love her. She's amazing. And she was pregnant. She got pregnant while we were in the middle of it. And then she gave birth to her first daughter while we were doing it. And so like I, I wanted the, 
Like there were just times where we had to be like, yeah, like you're not feeling great. You're low energy. You take some time. Oh, I've got this thing going on. Let's take some time. And I had to, I felt like I really tried to be like feminine and trusting and surrender Mm -hmm. to the changes in the process. Um, but it was also really sweet seeing her like go through her pregnancy. And then she was like, oh, I'm having a daughter and I'm more excited to have a daughter now. Cause she was getting to learn about the women as I was sending information to her. So it was fun to have someone to go through it with. That's really cool. So you said it was eight months that you guys were going back and forth on the art portion? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. And how many <laughs> women are in the deck? There are 44. 44. Yeah. Wow, that is quite a process. Yeah. (laughs) So I would like, you know, I'd start my week by sending pictures to her. I would research and then I would sit down. And at one point I just made a calendar date every single day in the afternoon to write for two hours Mm -hmm. to just hold myself to it and get my brain in the pattern of doing the same thing every day. Because I think, you know, I didn't have like a deadline and a timeline on this. So I could be a little... Like other things can kind of distract me. So once I really found her and I was like, I'm genuinely committing to this, I had to just start setting timers and disciplining myself to sticking with it. Totally. So I'm curious about the book portion of this. In addition to the Oracle decks, there's like a separate like pamphlet or actual book that comes along with the Oracle deck. They are like a two package piece. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a magnetic box, (laughs) which I'm like, I'm really a stickler for design and like the container of something. So there's a box with some magnets and it opens and then the book is nested inside of that box. And when you lift up the book, then the cards are nested in under the book in a little like velvet bag. So the book itself is a hardcover book. It's a little over a hundred pages. It's a, it's a real book. Um, And every woman has two pages dedicated to her. So the left side of the page is a little, um, a quote by her and her meaning an alternate meaning. And that's kind of the more like inspirational writing side. And then the right hand side of the book is one page of their history of their life. Very cool. I love it. I can never have enough of those. I have like (laughs) a whole mini library of women's history and it's just, I can never have enough. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty interesting, you know, and I mean, it's one page, so it's not like a crazy deep dive, but it's definitely enough to get the gist of this woman's life and learn out a few things they've really like a specific barrier they've broken or a bunch of awards they've won and where they were from and where they're at now. So it's, you know, it's like it can invite you to also go deeper if you really feel drawn to a particular woman or say you like pull the same card mm-hmm. day after day after day. I'm like, okay, yeah, read what I've got to say, but also go research that woman because she's probably got more for you if she's coming up all the time. Yeah. So I always wonder about this and I've never had the opportunity to ask somebody in real life this question, but it's always like been in my mind. When you Someone like yourself creates a product that features real people who are alive today and you're like selling it to other people and it's like a business of your own. Is there like a legal thing that happens with that? Like, (laughs) are are, are we just like willy nilly and like, could somebody sell a book about me tomorrow and like, it's cool? Like, how does that work? (laughs) Yeah. You know, there's varying uh, viewpoints, I guess, like. I met with a lawyer when I first started doing this and she had me tweak the way, like the way I was, um, 
writing some of the language in the book. Mm-hmm. And she was like, you know, there's a small chance that some person could come along and be like, hey, I don't want you using my likeness. And then you'd have to deal with taking that person out of the book and mm-hmm. taking that person out of the deck. But I think there's a certain amount of fame that you get to that, like, you know, people are going to be like, if you go on Etsy, right, you're going to see a bajillion things yes. that people have made portraits of Beyonce, right? Yes, exactly. Beyonce's not going to attract on everyone on Etsy and tell them to stop using her likeness. So there's always that chance, but usually mm-hmm. with fame, there's a certain amount of um, acceptance that, like, that people are going to be using your likeness and mm-hmm. talking about you and writing about you and admiring you. And hopefully people see it as that. Mm-hmm. I, there could be some cranky people that come along and are like, I don't want to be in this. And that's, you know, you cross that bridge when you get there. Yeah, totally. Very interesting. I've always just thought about that. Like, how does that work? <laughs> yeah, I was a little nervous at first. And then I was like, eh, I think it's going to be okay. I always think like, are these the things that people think about when like, they start their bit like I didn't think about any of this stuff before I started my podcast ever yeah. you know and then as it was like rolling I started thinking about these things and you know that's the funny thing is like people that have these passions and have these projects and just start creating and building like there's so many things that you have like ha- like that you at some point have to think about but oftentimes the like creation of it is so much more appealing and interesting and exciting that the like logistics and the business and the legal is sometimes overlooked like (laughs) yeah yeah it's really glamorous to be just in the creative like fun side and Uh ultimately like if you care I think a lot about doing that stuff then you spend some time taking care of the business as well right because what's I mean for me I don't want to just make this for me, right? I want like mm-hmm. other people to see it and experience it and have the same experience that I've had with it. So I'm going to like, you know, not, I guess, what am I trying to say? I'm trying to say like, I've released the idea or the expectation that like a bunch of the stuff that I have to do is supposed to feel good or is going to feel good. There's just stuff that you have to show up and do because yeah. the other stuff matters. So. Totally. So I know that your deck and your book is, on Kickstarter. Tell me a little bit more about Kickstarter because I've heard of it before. Like I've definitely heard of Kickstarter. I'm not super familiar with what the program is or how it works. So I'd love for you, if anybody else like me, that's not super familiar, if you could just give us like a rundown of how that works and um, like why you chose Kickstarter, I guess, to feature feature the Oracle deck. Yeah. Yeah. Kickstarter is interesting, you know, I felt like it was going to get the project out to a whole group of people that I just wouldn't even have access to. And again, I've had such a nice experience um, learning about these women and researching everything. And it's made me feel like such a, just so much more happy to be a woman that I was like, I want to get this into an audience's hands that might not normally be drawn to this. Mm -hmm. So gosh, Kickstarter is a beast. I will say that first. There's a lot that goes into it. Um, and you, you know, I'll send you the launch page when the day comes and you'll be able to see there's so it's like you're launching a business, but you're launching it in this very specific Kickstarter way, but it's really sweet. You know, the idea behind it is that people help you bring your project to life because they also love it. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, part of making a project like this is besides working with my illustrator, it's been me on my own kind of sitting at a desk writing and loving it. But now people have the chance to go to the Kickstarter and and also love it and then feel like they're a part of creating it and bringing it into the world. So Mm -hmm. it's, 
you know, it's just a, it's a sweet platform in like the true sense of crowdfunding of like, you find something you love, you tell your friend, your friend tells your friend, and it just kind of spreads that way. Even though it's on Kickstarter, is it like still able to be purchased like off your website? After the Kickstarter, sure. Yeah. So the Kickstarter will actually fund the whole first print run of the project. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. That's what I was like, unsure about. I didn't know if Kickstarter is in a sense operating as like the online shop or. No. So when people, I mean, you can go on Kickstarter and you can be like, I just love this. I'm going to donate $12 to this person's campaign because I love Mm -hmm. it. But then you can also back certain reward tiers. So like Mm -hmm. I'll have an early bird tier where people that get there first will get the project as a discount and they'll be, um, I'm working with a nonprofit in outside of LA actually for people that want to donate a bunch of copies to girls in this mentorship nonprofit program. And then there's a tier where there's going to be some like surprise tiers that you'll have to wait till the day up to see. But, um, so you're, you're funding the product coming to life, but then you're also getting the product back if you want. But then, like I said, some people just like to go around and just donate to people's projects because they want to support them. Yeah. That's super cool. I need to like, I feel like I heard a lot more about Kickstarter several years ago, but I need to go on there because I bet you there are just even being able to browse through there and see everybody that's like launching something or have created something. I'm sure it's like a massive pool of just super cool people that have amazing ideas. And that's those are like the people I like to support, you know, (laughs) (laughs) Like, like real people out there in the world that have this incredible passion about something. And just like myself, you know, it's hard to be like an indie podcaster when you're in a world of celebrities that have the top 50 shows. Yeah, <laughs> it's like totally. it's difficult to be somebody who's trying to create something to like make change and inspire people and to get like your product, your voice, your platform out there with just like the wild challenge of competition. And Kickstarter, I guess, would be that perfect place to at least like see other like-minded people like yourself and connect with them and also just to be able to support the people that like really need your support. You know? Yeah, it's pretty sweet. It's pretty sweet. I mean, there's a ton of stuff on Kickstarter these days, but, you know, just going to find like I think in the kind of earliest iteration of Kickstarter and in its, I don't know, main spirit, like you go on and you find some individual that's just so in love with this thing they're doing and they don't have the resources to bring it to the world, but it totally deserves to be in the world, like helping people with that and connecting to other people through that and learning and just, it's a, it's a sweet process. I love it. So I guess I'm wondering, like throughout this entire experience from idea to planning, to creation, to execution, um, any major learnings, standouts, do's and don'ts? Like there's a lot of people listening to this podcast that are also entrepreneurs or have all these creative ideas and want to start something themselves. And I always try, whenever I talk to people like yourself, always try to come up with like anything that we should know before we dive into something like this. (laughs) Yeah. Just to help each other out here. Yeah. I mean, I could go on and on and on about that. It's been, (laughs) it's been like years of learning. I mean, I think, And you learn things on so many levels, but I think one thing is when you're working on something, be sure to get out of your own little bubble and show what you've got to people, even when you're just partially through the process, right? Like Mm -hmm. get other people's feedback and integrate that into what you're doing before you go launch the thing. Mm -hmm. You know, we can just be 
I know I can certainly be like so focused and so stuck to the original idea that I, that I have, that I can miss opportunities for some amazing feedback to integrate. And then I could launch the thing. And then you do, then you're making all these changes after you actually are so committed and you've spent money on prototypes and all of that. Right. So just choosing to open yourself up throughout the process and integrate feedback, I think is really helpful. Um, you know, for me, I think my like personal growth edge learning is, is watching where I can interpret the unknown as something bad. So like reminding myself like, right, I don't know how this is going to turn out, but that's a fun surprise. Like, Oh, I don't know how this is going to turn out, but it could turn out really great. Like, because I, you know, I need to have a good amount of energy to finish a project. If I go to a headspace, it's like, I don't know how this is going to turn out. Like it could not work out. This could go wrong. Then I'm just kind of draining myself when I show up to sit down to work on the thing that I obviously like, if I care about it, I want to show up in a pretty light and energized way. So that's been a part of my process is really noticing where I go in that, in the unknown of the process. Mm Mm-hmm. Very interesting. It's like the mindset element there. Totally. Yeah. Oh, I need a lot of tips and mindset. <laughs> we, all, we all do. <laughs> so the deck is launching on, or the Kickstarter is launching on International Women's Day. Is that correct? It is. And that 8th. is Mar- March 8th. March 8th. I almost said yeah. May. Yeah. I am perpetually unaware of what day or time it is at all times. So it's March. Yes. (laughs) We are in March. Um, So yeah, next week. Uh, How does that feel? I mean, you said you've been working on this for three years. The day is around the corner. It's about to be live into the world. Like, what does that feel like? Like, like everything all at once. (laughs) You know, it feels exciting. It feels there's some sense of relief of like, you know, you're building something for so long and you just eventually have to step out of that space, even if something isn't 1000% perfect, right? So I think moving forward feels like a big shift of energy and that's time. Of course, it's super nerve wracking because again, who knows what's going to happen and you want people to love this thing that you love. And um, hopefully I've like done everything, all of the actual like to da- like tasks and to do's mm-hmm. in time. Um but I'm, I, I think right now I feel just really curious how it's going to be received and how it's going to go. I mean, I think it's going to go great. I <laughs> freaking love it. I love women. I love women's history. I love Oracle decks. So I am like your number one customer. You're, you're my gal, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I can confirm at least I fit into the genre of like who your ideal customer is. And I am a fan. <laughs> Thank you. It's really honestly like those kinds of comments are the fuel that is keeping me going when I'm working from morning literally tonight right now to like get everything done in time. So thank you. Of course. And I, all the listeners here on this show are also fans. I can confirm that now. So I'm really excited that we get to get your episode out, you know, a couple days after your Kickstarter goes live. And I just encourage everybody that's listening to this right now to check out the Kickstarter, take a look at your website, take a look at the deck, all the women. It's absolutely beautiful. I'm in love with it. Um, how can people find you? Like, where can they go to access all of this information. Yeah. So the website is messagesfromher.com and I'll probably have it just automatically kick over to the Kickstarter during the Kickstarter campaign. Um, 
there. I have an Instagram. It's her underscore messages. There's going to be a link in the bio there that'll take you into the Kickstarter. And both of those places, you can see the illustrations of the cards. You can see um, an excerpt from the book. You can really get, you know, I think a pretty good feel for it from those two places right now. So before we sign off, I we wanted to do a fun game. Yes. Um, it, I mean, it, it's either going to be fun or I'm going to get totally roasted right now. I'm not really sure how this is going to go. Either way, it will be a good time. Um, but yeah, Rachel had thought it would be a lot of fun to c- pull out a couple of cards from her deck and see if I know the women or things that I know about the women um, and just play like a fun little game. And forewarning, I will say um, I did look through the deck on just glance, <laughs> yeah. just glance. And there were a handful of women I did had never heard of. Ooh, so there's a possibility good. that you might pull a card and I'm going to be like, uh, 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 uh. <laughs> um, so yeah, maybe it'll cool. be a learning experience for me today. Cool. I'm going to do it. Totally spontaneously, so I don't know who All I'm right. gonna pull either. All right, let's do it. Okay. Gloria Gaynor. I do not know Gloria Gaynor. Mm, so Gloria Gaynor wrote "I Will Survive," like the '70s oh, anthem. Like the, yeah. Oh, the song. Yeah, yeah exactly. Oh. Yeah. Okay. She's an amazing, super soulful, soulful musician. She's still she she's transitioned fully into soul now, but I felt like, oh, sorry. You can tell me anything else you might know about her. That's not I what you know, if I just I, tell you I, everything. I, I'm like, I know the disco. Like, that's yeah. about it. But no, yeah. tell me everything. Yeah, she's just like the, the she was just the disco queen. She's now like a total soul queen. She had music in her family's house, like all moments through her entire childhood. And it just infused her. Um, her brothers were in a band and she wasn't allowed to be in the band as a woman. So she kind of snuck off and started doing her own thing and um, she wrote a few songs that really became like adopted by um, like the gay communities, like gay pride. And she's just, I feel like there are certain um, little tidbits in her songs that have such wisdom in them. Like, I feel like, the, you know, in the song, as long as I know how to love, I know I'll be alive. Like mm-hmm. that is such a sweet sentiment. So mm-hmm. that's Gloria Gaynor. And what is, uh, <laughs> what does her card say? Like what, what words associated with her? Love. Love. Oh, the love card. Oh, <laughs> That's so sweet. I love it. Um, is she still alive? She is. Oh, cool. Singing soul. Oh, I love it. Yeah. I, I mean, she has to be like in her 60s or 70s. Yeah. Okay. Oh, so cool. I'm going to look her up. Add, add her to the list. Okay, great. <laughs> All right. Who else we got? Okay, let's see. Rachel Carson. I do know Rachel Carson. So... I had not known Rachel Carson until one of the guests came onto my show and told her story. And the guest was actually my old roommate, Kelsey, who I lived with for like eight years. And her career is in like a environmental, you know, world where she deals with salmons and like hawks and things like that. And like (laughs) conservation. I think that's the right term. (laughs) She's probably listening and being like, dude, really? (laughs) Um, But she brought Rachel to the podcast and Oh my God, such a fa- fascinating story about her. Was it The Silent Spring that yep. she wrote? Okay. Yep. So, Spring. so, can you just refresh my brain on like what it was that she 
changed or her, she studied and she like wrote and made a change in the conservation world, right? Yeah, I mean, she's pretty much the mother of the EPA. She did a ton of research on oceans and rivers and animals and wildlands about how different industries were impacting the health of all of those those systems I just mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was a really skilled writer, and she wrote in a way that at the time people received it really well. At a, you know, at a time that people weren't that cued into um, like big business and oil and how it was impacting the world. So, so I mean, she, all of the research she did really was the genesis of the environmental movement in the seventies. And it was a big impact. And, you know, it's interesting, like Rachel Carson has had one of the most massive impacts on our country and the world. Cause a lot of those same policies were adopted in other places. And a lot of people don't even know about her. No. And I actually, I just had this ping of a memory. I think that she played a role in like warning the world about pesticides definitely okay yeah how toxic they were for humans yes and i feel like that occurred during oh like wartime when things were i I could i could be wrong i should be googling this right now but i feel like (laughs) there was an alarm that she signaled about how something was being dropped on the crops and it turned out it was very toxic and Mm-hmm. unhealthy and could cause cancer or something along the lines of that and yeah I think that's where we then were like oh pesticides are bad <laughs> yeah she she was also the really the first thinker and researcher that talked about how pesticides could harm um human health and I think she called them like anticides like they were just anti-life in general so cool she's fantastic and I you know I don't come across her story very often like when I'm doing research when I'm looking up women in other books that I have other women's history books like there's several I have that she's not in so definitely fantastic that you've got her in your deck because she's 100% I agree somebody that should be far more well known than she is and I think honestly you know the reason why my friend brought her to the show is because in her world, her, you know, the industry that she works in, Rachel Carson's a hero. Mm-hmm. But if you aren't really in that everyday life, when do you hear about her? Yeah. I, I also felt like it was important to include women in STEM, like in science mm-hmm. and technology, because we aren't told those stories very often, unless you're, like you said, in that world. And mm-hmm. um, I think also historically, women have been encouraged to, to not participate in those fields as much. So I tried to make sure there were a few women layered into the deck that had worked in environment and conservation and science and math. And mm-hmm. But yeah, Rachel Carson, is she's a game changer. Totally. And what is her her word? Uh, Earth guardian. Earth guardian. Yeah. Oh, it's perfect. <laughs> I like, it's perfect. I love it. <laughs> All right. Who else we got? All right. Let's see. Oh, well, you're probably going to know this one. Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Oh, yes. <laughs> Just the feeling. I know. You know. I know little Miss Ruth. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I actually have not covered her on the podcast yet, but I recently did have somebody reach out who requested to cover her. So I've been like holding that episode for this person um, all while trying to figure out who can I possibly cover that could be in the same because I do two women per episode. Mm-hmm. So I'm always like, who could I pair along with Ruth? Um, do Sandra Day O'Connor because they're the you know the two the two lady the first lady justices you know 
And they both have really interesting life stories and they're both really different in the way that they showed up in the world. And mm-hmm. um, it's Ruth Bader Ginsburg's birthday soon. So, Oh, is so, it? It is. So one of the things that I know about, a couple of things I know about Ruth, um, I feel like while, okay, so I think she was like one of a handful of women that was accepted into law school or wherever she was at. Um, they hated her for being there. <laughs> did not want her being in this boys club at law school and I feel like at while she was in school didn't her husband get cancer and she was not only doing her own studies but was also like helping him through his because I think he was also in law school yeah and then at some point when she got out of school and had a full-time job she eventually got pregnant and it was like a whole problem that she was pregnant while in the workplace. Oh, yeah. She and, got fired. She got fired uh, for being pregnant. <laughs> Which, you know, I mean, these things are so upsetting and they totally informed her life, you know? I mean, wh- what path would she have taken if that didn't happen? Not that we want that yeah. to happen, right? But yeah. it's also formative. Totally. But honestly, most of the time when I read these women's life stories, I'm like, gosh, what am I doing with my time? They're like, you know, in school, raising kids, waking up at 5 a.m. to write their book. They're managing a household. They're, you know, I mean, it's just, it's just so impressive. (laughs) It really is. It's, yeah, I, I feel the same way. Like, I'm just like, time is ticking. I'm sitting around watching reality (laughs) television. Get with it. You don't even have kids. Like, no excuses. You know? Yeah. yeah. Uh, anything else about Ruth that, like, stands out for you? You know, I think one thing about Ruth Bader Ginsburg that I really value is she she was just committed to making the changes. Like, she saw the goals of her lifetime, right? And she worked toward those changes one step at a time every day. And I think we're so caught up with instant gratification. And looking to a woman like that really inspires me to like get in things for the long game and commit to something that you care about and don't expect that it's going to change right away. If you care about it, stick with it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great advice. Oh, R.I.P. Ruth. And what is her word? Uh, take the lead. Oh, love it. Yeah. And her quote is about like, you know, taking the lead and working for the things that you care about by bringing other, but, but bringing other people with you, doing it in a mm-hmm. way that doesn't isolate or shame other people. Mm-hmm. Oh, she was a true icon. All right, who who else we got? Who's Let's up next? Oh, Cher. Oh, love her. You know what? When you were talking about Cher earlier, I was going to say this. <laughs> Have you – do you follow her on Twitter? I don't, actually. I'm not on Twitter. <laughs> I, I probably I mean, should be just listen, for this alone. I'm guessing you're <laughs> – The only reason I'm on Twitter is a secondary attempt to try and market the podcast. I am not a Twitter person. I don't understand it. Half the time when people tweet me, I don't understand where the tweet – Like, I'm. you would think I'm 100 <laughs> years old and just woke up yesterday. Um, so I wouldn't honestly recommend it. It's very confusing. However, I do follow Cher on Twitter – and she is hilarious. She every she writes these like massive paragraphs that are all in cap locks with no periods and like a couple emojis and they like say wild things. Uh-huh. <laughs> and it just cracks me up cuz I kind of feel like Cher obviously is like older in age and I feel like she's like just like rambling things on the internet and like just doesn't care cuz she's Cher. She doesn't yeah. say anything bad. It's just it'll just say random stuff like 
well, I guess I'm going to head to the dentist today. Good, like, see you guys next time. Like, just <laughs> random things that, like, your grandma would maybe, like, text you out of the blue, you know? Um, but, but I also... Cher, which is yes, very different. And they're always intriguing. Like, I'm always, like, interested to see what she'll say next because it's always completely off the wall. Um, so, yeah, follow her on Twitter. She's very interesting. But, you know, Cher also I've not covered. And... She's been on my list forever. Part of the reason I've not covered her is because when I start to do research on her life, it is so massive. Like the information and like the generations of time that encompassed like her entire career is so huge. Same. That's how I felt with Betty White. When I was like getting into Betty White, I was like, oh my God, it's enormous. Like, and so I've been waiting for the right time to like really dedicate myself to the research so she's always been on the list but I've not covered her uh what I I've read about her career what like can you tell me I we all know Sunny and Cher yeah we know that we know didn't Sunny die in a ski yeah, yeah. he died yeah. tragically in a ski accident but didn't she like wasn't there a period like I feel like her childhood started off really rocky I think maybe she like experienced like bouts of poverty or maybe she was like up for adoption or something like that I feel like she had like a rocky childhood could be wrong but no I mean it just if there wasn't anything like glimmering and super shiny about her childhood she wasn't given any particular advantage you know mm-hmm. she just she just decided one day that she was going to be famous and rich and like do it. <laughs> she just, she was just determined, you know, and she's just been so active her entire life. Like that woman is like, has just has the energy of, I don't even know what it's like. It's otherworldly. <laughs> well, wasn't there also a period where like Sunny and Cher, like were, they were on television shows, right? Didn't they have like a TV show that went on for like a long period of time? And then I feel like it ended. They had a show, then Cher had a show. I recently found these amazing clips of her taking audience questions from the audience and like, Cher just, like, doesn't take it from anybody. She is so clever. She says the <laughs> sharpest things. But, yes, there was a Sunny and Cher show. Wow, that was difficult for me to say those two words back to back. Then there was a Cher show. And then, you know, she transitioned into acting and killed it in acting for a while. And, you know, she talks a lot about just being super committed to expressing herself. Like, people have asked her, um, like, do you really care about the achievement? And for her, it's really about staying in expression and just continuing mm-hmm. to open up to whatever wants to come through her. So cool. And what's her word? Imagination. Oh, yeah. You did tell me that already. Yeah. Oh, she's a she's amazing. And I also just recently saw a picture on the Internet where they showed her like when she was 21 to today uh-huh. and they're like the same photo. Yeah. She's eternal. <laughs> oh, and she was just such like a fashion icon with her outfits. Like she had this long slender body and wore these jewels and these headdresses and like just a vision. Like I feel yeah. like kind of how Lady Gaga has like an eclectic style. I almost feel like Cher was kind of and Madonna probably too, but like had these like stand out fashion statements that were just elevated already what they were bringing to the table. Yeah. I feel like Cher was the first and the original. Like mm-hmm. if you go back, she really pushed the edge on fashion more than anyone had. I, I like adore looking at pictures of her outfits from the 70s and 80s because they're so wild. I know. Oh, could you imagine living in that time period and seeing her at like a party? 
No, like, she's she's like <laughs> an alien. She's so amazing. Like she doesn't look like she's from Earth. <laughs> no, she does. Maybe she isn't. <laughs> Her card should have been alien. Uh, <laughs> Your Royal okay. Highness from another galaxy. All right, let's do one more. Okay. Oh, Frida Kahlo. Oh, I love Frida. Mm-hmm. I think I covered Frida in like episode five or six or something like that. In fact, there's actually a immersive Frida museum that's happening here in the Los Angeles area. I was looking up tickets the other day because I want to go. They're very expensive, but mm-hmm. I still want to go. Yeah. Oh, you have it? Oh, really? Yeah. Currently, right now, it's in Denver? Yeah. Oh, my God. Or have you gone or are you going to go? I haven't. It was just the Van Gogh. So I went to the Van Gogh, yes. but I haven't made it to the Frida. How was the Van Gogh? It was good. I'm, I mean... I don't know. I don't want to be a critic, right? I felt like they kind of, it was shorter than I thought it was going to be. Like I was oh, like, oh, okay. it's over. Okay, cool. But yeah. it was trippy. It was a fun thing to experience. See, I thought about going to the Van Gogh and then I was like, meh. And then I saw Frida and I was like, oh, well now I have to go. Like I've mm-hmm. never been to one of these immersive things before. So with it being Frida, I feel like I have to go. Yeah. So it will be on the list. But um, God, Frida, talk about a woman that went through some serious shit in her life from yeah. childhood through like her hideous relationships with fucking what was his name Sal- Salvador <laughs> Diego Rivera <laughs> Diego Rivera <laughs> Diego Rivera uh, a name I'm fine not remembering to be uh-huh. honest yeah. I hate that dude uh yeah um wild story and Gosh, I mean, her art and the pain and tragedy that she intertwined in her self-portraits. and I mean, I think that that speaks to her ability to not turn away from difficult and dark things in her life and how much mm-hmm. she used her art to express those things, you know, yeah. like and, and embrace them because they are a part of life and that pain mm-hmm. is a part of life. So like her quality is called, it's her, it says turn inward and, you know, it's like about reflecting and looking in. looking inward and seeing what's really happening for you and not just focusing on the pleasant things in life. (laughs) I also had cracked this joke in my podcast that she was actually the originator of like cutting bangs when you go through a breakup like you know how we joke about like when we go through a breakup we dye our hair blonde or we like shave our head didn't she like literally did that like I feel like after Diego cheated on her with like her sister she like shaved off her head or something like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah she was extreme. She was a wild woman, like, <laughs> through and through. Yeah, she paved the way for all of us to feel empowered to shave off our heads, too. Exactly. <laughs> so funny. Her, her enduring legacy. Oh, I love it. That was so fun. So I could literally go through the whole deck, but then <laughs> nobody, and then everybody would know what to expect, and we yep. need them to check out the Kickstarter and look into it for themselves and start pulling their own cards once mm-hmm. they have your deck. So cool. Okay, well, one last thing I always love to ask all my guests is what does sisterhood mean to you? And that could be anything. It could be like your own relationships with sisters, friends, or what does sisterhood mean in like the society as a whole, like, or even just what you've learned through researching women's lives. Mm -hmm. You know, I think for me, there's an aspect of celebrating other women and doing a better job of being curious about other women's lives. I think we're we can be so trained to kind of um, objectify anyone from the outside and think we know what's going on for them. So to me, sisterhood is really about, yeah, opening up and getting curious and learning about other women and celebrating them for whoever they are. 
Mm-hmm. Agree. Good and bad and ugly yeah. and bubbly. Uh-huh. Except I'm not drinking bubbly today. I actually have a gin cocktail, but that's my motto. That's good, too. Um, cool. Well, thank you so much for being here. Is there any last things that you wanted to talk about on the show? I don't want to, like, just hard end here. Oh, um, no, you've covered it. You've done a great job. All right. The mic is your oyster, so by all means. <laughs> Um, okay, well, cool. So we'll be checking out the Kickstarter on International Women's Day. Um, super excited about what you've created. Like I said, I love it. And I think the audience will too. So I'm so happy you reached out. I'm so happy I had you on the show. And I can't wait to start seeing everybody with your deck, like eventually down the line when we're all purchasing it because it's beautiful and you've worked so hard and I want to support you and I have no doubt everybody else will too. So thank you. Thank you so much. It's been really fun. And um, yeah, I'm always here for feedback. If people feel like I've missed people, I'm keeping a list for a second volume. So, you know, I'm, I'm here for any suggestions as well. I have lots of women yeah, that I, I can pass your way. In fact, 130. No. Nice. <laughs> yeah, I actually, there's a cup. there's one woman in particular that comes to mind when you were talking about, I'm sorry, what was her, what was the woman's name that lived in Poland? Oh, Irina Sendler. Yes. When you were talking about her, I instantly had like a thought about another woman that is one of my absolute favorites. So I'll let you know who that is. be in touch. Yeah. Yes. (laughs) Thank you guys so much for listening. I really, really hope you enjoyed today's episode. And I hope you are just as excited about messages from her as I am. If you've been enjoying our show and you want to help support me and the podcast, please be sure to leave us a five-star rating over on the Spotify app. They recently just rolled out ratings for podcasts, and we could really use your love and support over there on that streaming platform. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so that you can receive brand new episodes straight to your phone the moment that they drop. Lastly, if you've got any feedback or a couple of women that you think we should cover on the show, whether that's women in history or women for our Everyday Women segment, let me know. Shoot me an email over at hello at mimosasisterhood.com and send over your ladies. I'd love to see who you recommend. All right, guys. Thank you so much. Love you all more than you could ever know. And I'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.